Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I would ask for where's your proof on that because that's not what we've been shown that's not what when we go to the border and we're speaking with border patrol agents uh, when we're there on the ground that is not at all what we're being told so I'm gonna push back on your I'm I'm sorry I don't see I don't um, the Cato Institute is not the Border Patrol. There's a big difference there. I'm sorry, is the Cato down there securing our border and stopping illegal aliens and human trafficking and drug trafficking? I'm sorry, you're going to have to get a direct source. And when you bring the Border Patrol in here and want to quote that, then then we may take you seriously. But we're not we're not taking the Cato Institute seriously. Now, I, I will tell you that I'm not anti-Cato Institute, but I certainly like what Marjorie Taylor Greene did right here. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. That's the number, 833 got Tony. We're going to say that fentanyl coming across the border is uh, a problem only because Americans are bringing it across the border? That's a weird, weird flex. And this is why we don't have a problem at the border? Even if we were to go with the theory, and I'll double-check what Cato is saying about this, that you have um, fentanyl coming across the border because Americans are bringing it across the border. Well, then, A, you still have to put an end to any level of smuggling and illegal immigration to the U.S. You have to put an end to people sneaking across the border with these kinds of things. And you got to throw some no-good you-know-what's in jail. That's what you got to do. I didn't know that the rules somehow changed. Of course they don't change. It's the same rules that apply. People breaking the law need to be dealt with. And so we're clear, fentanyl is something we have to deal with. No one's going to survive this stuff. Your kid is going to take something they think is a Skittle even though I personally I think Skittles are disgusting, they're going to take a Skittle and it's going to end up being fentanyl and that's going to be the ball game. Then you're going to bury your kid. I think that our conversation has to be about how we stop this. And if it means a full-on declaration of war against cartels and others that want to push fentanyl into the U.S. against China for getting the fentanyl to cross our border, well, then let's do it. No, no, I'm, I'm not. If you ask me, do I want a force to engage in Ukraine? The answer is no. Do I want a force to ensure that fentanyl, to the best of our ability, is kept out of the United States? Yes. Yes, of course I do. How else do you think this is going to happen? How else do you think we fix these things? This brings us to Greg Abbott the governor of Texas, who is absolutely right, absolutely positively right, when he discusses what's going on at the border as an invasion. 
For quite a few years now, you have heard me refer to Article 4, Section 4 of the United States Constitution. I'm kind of amazed that more people don't. Now, Article 4 has four sections. Section 1 is about full faith and credit shall be given in each state to the public acts, records, and judicial proceedings of every other state. Our, uh, section 2 uh, says the citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. Article 3 discusses how you would, can admit states into the union. And Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution, the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. Yes. Putting down riots absolutely and twice on Sunday. Insurrections, putting those down too. A republic form of government or a republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. The people who claim, how dare you say it's an invasion at the southern border. These are not soldiers in uniform. It doesn't say soldiers in uniform. I'm reading it right here. And shall protect each of them, meaning the states, against invasion. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. That's a guarantee. No one said in uniform, no one said uh, looking to conquer for uh, their homeland. The people who don't want to look at this as invasion, that's their problem. They want to lie to themselves and lie to you. I can't stop them from doing it. The only thing I can do is remind you that you shouldn't pay attention to that. You have to deal with this. And fentanyl does not care if you're a Democrat nor Republican, nor white, nor black, nor Asian, nor Hispanic, nor gay, nor straight, nor pan, nor anything else. Fentanyl's going to kill you. So what's our plan? What's our, we can't get together on the concept of stopping fentanyl? Are you telling me there are people so radically leftist, radically progressive, that rather than stop the killing that fentanyl does, they're going to look the other way and scream open borders are necessary, no human is illegal, everybody has the right to mobility. You think uh, I made up that term mobility. Uh, I um, did not. It was Representative Ocasio-Cortez going back a couple of years now who engaged the conversation of mobility. You can't stop people from going from one place to another. You cannot stop them. I, I mean, I, I have it as a, oh, I don't know if I can find it. Because I, I have it as a giant clip, not a small one. I've been saying. Nah, that was, that was a, an old clip of mine where I had the clip. Sorry. I'll find it one of these days. She so believes in open borders, she's not going to fight fentanyl? Well, then push her to the side. I mean, luckily, Congress is now in the hands of, of the political right. Maybe we'll do something. 
And if it means a physical fight, by the way, I want to say for the record, I'm in. Well, Tony, you're not the one going down there. You're going to put other uh, people's uh, uh, boys and girls in, in harm's way. You mean those who voluntarily joined the United States military? Yeah. I guess I am. Because we are fighting a war. We don't want to say so? Okay. But we are. And allow me to take umbrage with the first part. Who in the world ever said I had to take the U.S. military and put them on a border? Although, if you asked me, would we be somehow better off by going 10, 20, 30 miles into Mexico and rooting out any of the cartels uh, that think that they can abuse us? Um, at times, I absolutely believe that. Now, I'm willing to listen to a couple people who understand the situation better than I and say, no, 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 we can do this. No, 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 we can do that. No, 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 we can do the other. No, no, we've got this technology. I'm all ears. I am saying that the fentanyl problem is real. The problem is legitimate. The problem at the border is legitimate. And the problem at the border comes from an administration that has made clear that their party are the believers in open borders. People leaving places like Nicaragua and El Salvador, Honduras, left and right because they believe the border is open. And in so many ways, it is. In so many ways, it is. It doesn't matter what Mayorkas says. Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, uh, the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security. It doesn't matter that he says that the border is secure. Do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security, Congressman. No one believes you. And people haven't stopped trying to come in. So, so Texas and Governor Greg Abbott is correct. He's absolutely accurate that it's an invasion. And that's why, as the governor of Texas, he's invoking the invasion clause to do something about it. He's written the letter to, uh, to President Biden saying that the Constitution says that you will protect Your inaction has led to catastrophic consequences. Under your watch, America is suffering the highest volume of legal immigration in the history of our country. This past year, more than 2 million immigrants tried to enter the country illegally, coming from more than 100 countries across the globe. Worse yet, your failed border policies recently prompted a United Nations agency to declare that the border between the United States and Mexico is the deadliest land crossing in the world. And he continues, Texans are paying the price for your failure. Ranches are being ripped apart. Homes are vulnerable to intrusion. Our border communities are regularly disrupted by human traffickers and bailouts. Deadly fentanyls crossing the porous border to such a degree that it is now the leading cause of death for citizens between the ages of 18 and 45. He wants to put gunboats in. He has authorized the National Guard to stop people. Authorized uh, the Texas authorities to, when detaining people, Sending them back. Go on, tell him no. You know what he's going to tell you? I have a job to do and you're not doing your job and that's the end of it. As a matter of fact, you don't even have a choice about the job. Now, I have said on this show more than once, 
more than once that um, immigration policy is the purview of the president. But this is not a conversation about immigration policy. Because if it were about immigration policy, if that was the, the, the conversation, we wouldn't be talking about things like catch and release. The Biden administration would state that the immigration policy of the United States is to have an open border. But they don't say that. They tell us that the border is secure. But it's not. And when you have two million people a year entering your country and you don't call it an invasion, you're lying. The governor is correct. The administration is wrong and is guilty. And it's only going to get worse until we make it better. We really are so divided we can't rally around putting an end to the bringing in of fentanyl? Holy crap. I'm Tony Katz. President Biden is supposed to speak. Remarks to business and labor leaders. Well, I don't want to hear that, do I? I don't want to... I don't want to hear that. I just don't think I... I don't think I do. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Diane on the Twitter box. Twitter still works. Who knew? Uh, It was that... uh, Border Patrol data on seizures of fentanyl at the border were primarily at port of entry, thus in the presence of U.S. citizens since they legally crossed there. Doesn't mean it's still not cartel-driven at ports of entry or that illegals aren't getting more through. Interesting uh, take on uh, that conversation about fentanyl and where it's coming from. It's so clear that we're having issues coming across the border, and it's so clear that we have to do something about illegal immigration uh, writ large, and this is just, well, if this isn't national security, I'm not sure what is. And lately, I will admit, I have engaged a lot of conversations as national security. China is national security. Fentanyl is national security. And since so much fentanyl um, is, is coming from China, Um, well, that's, it's, it's a, it's a twofer. It's a double whammy. Let me go to John. John, welcome to the show. What's going on, John? Hey, Tony. Um, hey, Tony. My, my comment is I have no proof that the cartels are funding any particular political party in this country. Right. But if, if you were a cartel, which political party would you try to buy off? And I say that by saying that the Mexican government is totally corrupted, in my opinion. And what would stop them from corrupting, let's say, oh, I don't know, maybe the Democrat Party? I, w- I would answer uh, in, in a, a couple different ways, uh, man. And, and, and I, I very much appreciate, uh, appreciate the call. Um, I would not make the um, just generalized statement that cartels are doing such a thing. I would have zero proof of, of, of such of such a moment. Don't sometimes confuse the, the coincidence for something nefarious. 
the fact that progressives believe in open borders has to do with a failure of their logic. The fact that cartels can benefit from that has to do with being opportunistic. It is not a case that the cartels are slipping some bucks to a couple of Democrats. I would have no proof of that. I don't actually think that's what's happening. I think what's happening is opportunity. Here you have a party where when Donald Trump is president, Representative Ocasio-Cortez is heading to the border dressed in white and crying in front of a fence where there is no one there. That was a staged photo op from Representative Ocasio-Cortez crying about the poor children at the border. There was nobody there where she was. Not Zero, no one. There was no one there. Yet the same issues exist under Joe Biden. Children do die at the border. Women do die at the border. They get raped along the way. And she doesn't visit once. She's got no photo op. She's got nothing. Telling you that their conversations about the border are solely political. But I go back to Representative Ocasio-Cortez to remind you that she voted in, I think, in... 2019, 2019, right? Yeah, because she's been in, in Congress two terms. She voted against uh, funding for beds for the border to ensure we had more beds for people coming across the border. The reason she voted against beds is because she doesn't believe the beds are necessary because she doesn't believe that the border is necessary. There shouldn't be a border to begin with. No individual is illegal. You are entitled to mobility. That is not because she's getting paid a couple of bucks from cartel. That's because she's a true believer in an ideology that absolutely harms all of us. The cartel is taking advantage of opportunity. You often hear this actually as a Trumpism when he talks about they're a smart guy. China taking advantage of the United States, not because China's paying everybody off, but because the United States wasn't thinking smart in Trump's view, and China took advantage of it. That's the cartels. And my answer? Make them suffer and make them stop. This is Tony Katz today. Babylon B is back on Twitter. Maybe that's exactly why uh, Twitter is uh, falling apart. We were told it would be over already. It's it's not. It's 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 not over already. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Eight three three. Got Tony. That's the number. Feel free. Call in. I don't. I don't take many calls. I'll I'll, I'll do that today. We'll work that out right now. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. That's uh, the number. Go to the Babylon B. Uh, that's that uh, satorial site, right? Nothing but sarcasm 24-7. It's uh, the onion for conservatives, and they're very funny. They are very, very, very funny. Yeah, the um, absolute madness about Twitter 
and people screaming like like employees saying Twitter will be dead within a week. All right, because people they took his uh, his uh, what you call it um, his uh, ultimatum: be prepared to work long hours or leave. Work in, with intensity or leave. And uh, and what people said is, okay, we'll leave. We don't, we don't want to work uh, it, like that. 75% of the Twitter employees left. All right. And then last night, it was all about, oh, Twitter's over. Twitter's done. It, it's it's, it's going to be gone. Just saying my goodbyes now. Follow me on Instagram. By the way, Tony Katz on Instagram. You should do that. TonyKatz.Locals.com. Tony Katz on Instagram. That's exactly what should happen. Yeah, people are going crazy. Piers Morgan putting out, could all the people currently whining about the death of Twitter since Elon Musk bought it just leave Twitter? And the answer is, of course. Of course they could. But there is a question of if, if the vast majority of your workforce leaves, can you still run the, the, the platform? Maybe the platform suffered from way too much bloat. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the issue. Too much bloat, too much um, uh, corporate nonsense. That's, I mean, dear Lord, that's possible. But the people saying, oh, it's it's all Elon Musk. He's ending Twitter and, and it's because he can't do this. They can't Shh. be as angry as you want. No one cares. That's that's the, the I think the weirdest thing here. These people are having a fit, and they don't understand how little we all care about it. I'll, I'll get more to it in, in a little bit, because then there's this story about Chris Licht, uh, the CEO at CNN, that they will not be a twenty four seven Trump news network. So. Um, this is uh, from uh, Licht. He was uh, on the podcast on with Kara Swisher, who uh, still maintains a, a level of credibility and and uh, power that's always eluded me, but neither here nor there. We have fact checkers ready to go. We will put things in perspective. We will not let everything he does consume the news cycle, right? There are other things that are important. That's absolutely correct. Now, Will CNN really, really be able to do it? Will he be able to, or, you know, will CNN be able to handle this? And people are like, no, no, of course they're going to be all Trump all the time. Of course they are. This is exactly what they're going to do. Um, I actually believe him until I don't. It's not the other way around. I get where the tendency is. The tendency is for them to go all Trump all the time. I think that it's it's clear that he doesn't want to do this. This is why he's already made the moves that he has made with Brian Stelter and Tubin and some others. I figure by uh, the beginning of January, Don Lemon's off the network, and I only assume Acosta is da- is done before Christmas. They're going to get rid of that element. And what they're going to say is Anderson Cooper is a much different personality who really brings some balance to the argument. He won't have to hide his disdain for Trump, 
but he's gonna kind of looks kind of kind of look the the other way a little bit on that one because it's Anderson Cooper. I think he's gonna do the same thing with Jake Tapper, although he shouldn't, because Jake Tapper should have been the news guy we all wanted, and he said, "Nope, there's money over here. I'm taking it." Jake Tapper didn't have to go down this road. Never forget that Jake Tapper used to be a regular on Dennis Miller's radio show. Dennis Miller used to refer to him as Tap Tap. The only guy in America who could have called Jake Tapper Tap Tap. And Tapper then went to CNN and decided to give it all up. It's unforgivable. I think Lick might look the other way on him. On the morning show, the reason I say Don Lemon is gone is because Don Lemon can't do what a morning show requires. Morning show requires upbeat. I have had more than one person, and not in any official capacity, not in any uh, offer capacity. I've had more than one person say that I would do very well doing morning TV. I'm like, I do morning radio. They're like, yeah, but you could do morning TV. I'm like, well. No, no offer has come my way, and I'm pretty happy with my gig. Uh, that said, the money's got to be nuts. Oh, and it is. And it is. But it requires something different. Mornings requires not creating more anger, but engaging in entertainment. People are already angry. They have to go to work. They've got the kids to deal with. They've got a host of things going on. And, and they let, the last thing they want is some host making them angrier. <laughs> I think Lemon does that because I don't think Lemon knows how to be um, upbeat and engaging. I just, I, just, I just don't think he has any knowledge base for how, how that works. I, he's, he's just not that guy. He's funny to himself and a group of pseudo-intellectuals who never once question out on the stage whether or not they're funny. They figure they're funny in the little room and they give themselves a ha, 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 and that's enough. So yeah, I think Levin's going to be gone. Do I think CNN's going to do it and not be all Trump? Yes, I do. Because I think Licht has proven that he's willing to fire people and I'm all down for that. All down. For that, we'll see. We'll see. But you can't do anything today without discussing Taylor Swift. And the horror of uh, of this ticket uh, disaster that's going on. Now, I've been looking around to see if uh, here, I'm actually uh, at the, the studios today, which I know, very freakish. I've been looking to see if there are indeed uh, any Swifties around. The only person who comes close is is our videographer Andrea, and I don't even know if she's a Swifty. I don't even I don't I don't even know. So if you're listening, if you're in the building, Andrea, uh, come into the studio because I want to ask. Maybe you have Swifty friends who are very upset. Here here is the the story. By the way, Taylor Swift fans are called Swifties, and I know that, and I'm not saying I'm proud. Uh, she has a, a new album out. She's got uh, a a tour going on called Eras E R A S, like an era, but plural Eras. And they started selling tickets, well, if you're a member of this group and if you have this access, if you have the other thing, right? And so um, uh, all these tickets, 2 million tickets sold. 
so many tickets sold and so many problems with Ticketmaster that um, when it came to having having today general sales, uh, they were like, yeah, um, we don't have enough tickets, and uh, uh, so we, uh, yeah, we're, we're not selling any tickets today. All right, bye. And uh, Taylor Swift fans are are out of their are out of their heads about this. This marriage is a lie. They they are just they are just infuriated by what it is that they're seeing. She, uh, Taylor Swift, has now put out a statement. It's really difficult for me to trust an outside entity with these relationships and loyalties and excruciating for me to just watch mistakes happen with no recourse. Now, she didn't mention Live Nation or, or, or Ticketmaster, but that's who she's talking about. I'm not going to make excuses for anyone because we asked them multiple times if they could handle this kind of demand, and we were assured they could. It's truly amazing that 2.4 million people got tickets, but it really blanks me off that a lot of them feel like they went through several bear attacks to get them. Can we discuss the fact that Taylor Swift is so popular that 2.4 million people were actually willing to fight to the death to get these tickets? That they were just willing to to beat each other down honey badger don't care just destroy each other to make this happen it's unbelievable Un- and and now these tickets are selling in the secondary market for crazy money 100 billion dollars Someone's going to pay $10,000, $20,000 to see Taylor Swift? There comes a moment where people are just silly. Silly. Absolutely silly. According uh, to the CEO of Liberty Media, uh, Taylor Swift, uh, they opened things up for the 1.5 million verified Taylor Swift fans. 14 million people hit the site, including bots. That's a lot of people. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of people. For those who didn't get tickets, said Swift, all I can say is my hope is to provide more opportunities for us to all get together and sing these songs. Thank you for wanting to be there. You have no idea how much that means. Okay. By the way, you can laugh and you can mock and you can say how silly and these people are ridiculous. Do you know how much power that is? No one wants to see Joe Biden. You don't have that many people who want to see Trump. We talk about the politics and everything. This is power. Let's be perfectly clear that in the United States of America in 2022, and it makes no difference what thing people want to say about marginalized women in America That's power. Do you know a male act that could do that? Do you know a white man that could do that? Could the Foo Fighters sell out that many tickets? Could, uh, could, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the, the goofball, Ed Sheeran. Could he sell that many tickets? What's his name? Lewis, uh, I can never get his last name right. Calipaldi? 
Oh, what's his last name? I can't say his last name. Therefore, no. Taylor Swift. And when they're following her on social media and listening to her politically, that's power. That is power. Let me write the ballads of a nation. I care not who makes the laws. Who are people listening more to? They're going to listen more to her? Or are they going to listen more to uh, to Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Michelle Obama? They're not listening. Michelle Obama couldn't fill a stadium. Couldn't do it. This is nuts. So be paying attention to what it is Taylor Swift is telling your kids. Because, sure, she can sing about an ex-boyfriend. I'm not saying no. It doesn't make her politically astute. It could make her dangerous if she's on the wrong subjects or wrong about the subject she's on. Pay attention. Still your kids. I'm Tony Katz. I don't know if we're putting this under the category of unforced error. I think the emotion of the headline I don't know if there's enough thought going into the thing and I and I I've decided I need to take a little time with it. The US moves to shield Saudi crown prince and journalist killing was the headline from the Associated Press. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. The Biden administration saying that Saudi crown prince Mohammed bin Salman should his office should shield him from a lawsuit over his role in the killing of Khashoggi. We're talking about Jamal Khashoggi, who was a columnist at the Washington Post, not a journalist. There is a difference. But still, uh, the guy got cut up and put into suitcases. And that's what happened. It's insane what happened. And there's not a question that the that Mohammed bin Salman, who many people thought of as a... Uh, as a reformer, that he did this. Why would the administration engage the idea of a claim of legal immunity for Mohammed bin Salman? Because a lawsuit was brought uh, by the fiancé of Khashoggi and by a group uh, that Khashoggi founded called Democracy for the Arab World Now. Because the last I checked... I haven't seen more oil production, therefore bringing down oil prices, therefore bringing down gas prices. If you told me a deal was made, if you told me a deal was made, we could then agree or disagree about the need and necessity for a deal. But this seems like a, a gift. This seems like a gift for Ben Salman and a gift that's given after the way he treated Joe Biden who came to Saudi Arabia begged for more oil production and then we learn a month later that OPEC plus is going to cut by 2 million barrels a day so what deal was made because nobody is discussing a deal yet I want to I want to know because otherwise this whole thing makes even less sense.
I got to dig into it, as I said. TonyCats.locals.com. Find it all there. This is Tony Katz today.